Hey Fisters, and welcome to the 12th episode of the award-winning The Fist, The Whole Fist and Nothing But The Fist, So Help Me Pod, the official Fistball Australia podcast, better known during award season as TFTWFANBTFSHMPTOFAP. I'm your host, Chris Super Mario Mill, and in the absence of my usual co-host, Mark and Mr. Fister Donlan, we are lucky enough to have another guest returning as a co-host, and this time it is Lee, the Power Station Maroney. Welcome, Lee. Thank you, Chris. And um, I tell you what, these are some big shoes to fill to be sitting in the very popular uh, Melvin Don Donald Donna Lion Donna Lyons chair. Correct. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. I, th- I think it's something like that. But yeah, it's uh, it's a real honour yeah. to be a special guest tonight, or a special guest host. Yeah. May I say, I'm not even the guest, and Malcolm has uh, a lot going on right now. Mm. So I am very proud to be sitting in his chair and um, hopefully get somewhere as uh, as successful as what he's been able to make his his hosting duties in the show. So thank you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you touched on it briefly there, but uh, yeah, Malcolm has, uh, he's actually just had another baby. So he is tending to some familial duties, which is fair enough. So Lee has been able to step in. But uh, of course, as our listeners may have noticed in my intro, it's definitely worth noting, Lee, that we actually won an award last weekend. We won the IFA Media Award for 2020, which is a huge honor. I was going to mention that actually and figured that you would probably also make sure that that got entered in. Um, It's huge news, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, congratulations to you guys. It really shows the amount of effort that you've been putting into the show and the amount of content and the guests that you've had on there. Some of them have been very entertaining and then, you know, guests from all over the world that you've been getting on. So, uh, and it's a lot of work that you put into to doing the show and it's been growing. It's, as we know, it's the most popular one in the Southern Hemisphere at the moment. And yeah. and I think with this accolade, it could become the most popular one worldwide now. And, you know, you're up against some some big names in, in Fistball podcasts as well, up against the um, Fistball Gold in Germany yeah. and, uh, yeah. and the Austrian uh, final three. Uh, I think, yep. yeah, to beat those, it's uh, and to be doing it in this universe, and I would say actually, it's <laughs> it's likely that we won it in all <laughs> parallel universes. So well done, guys. Without a doubt, Roy. And I think um, <laughs> I think it's fair to say that one of the things that probably pushed us over the line was all the talking of trains. That's definitely what the the people awarding the award, the uh, the panel, I believe they leaned heavily on trains. So I think you played a big part in us winning this award as well. It's probably what has grown Fistball Podcast. If people say that they have a, a good Fistball Podcast to, to listen to, people probably, unless they've heard about Fistball, probably, uh, you know, wonder what it's all about and, and maybe find it a bit risky. But if you, they mention that there's a good train podcast to listen to that occasionally talks about other topics, then I'm sure people are jumping on in droves right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So I did have to send an acceptance video for the for the award itself for the athletes forum, but I believe the forum's actually been pushed uh, to another date. But um, our video is out there, so everyone knows who won it, which is great. But um, I'll be in town, I think, into Melbourne in, uh, at the end of January. So Malcolm and I will do, you know, we'll take a photo or do a little acceptance speech of some kind. But uh, maybe run up the stairs of Parliament and do a, a Rocky style. Yeah, yeah. Acceptance. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. All right. Let's move on. So as, as always, we have a special guest on the podcast today. Let's introduce him. So Lee, after I used your 2015 World Champs player profile to introduce you, I am going to do the same for our special guest here today. 
if not purely because it's much easier than coming up with something new. <laughs> Some suggest that our special guest earns his nickname The Dog as a result of his blinding canine-like acceleration, impressive leap, and general obedience when patrolling the defensive lines. Others suggest it's due to his ability to catch a frisbee in his mouth and his tendency to jump on teammates and lick their faces upon winning important points. Officially, it's due to his surname, but it's generally agreed that this is the least interesting explanation. A founding member of the VFL powerhouse Fistroy Lions, rest in peace, he earned his spot in the national squad after proving his reliability and consistency in the back line for the multiple Peter Norman Trophy winning club. He has also been known for his unconventional approach to tournament attire, often preferring to forego shoes in order to feel the grass and occasionally a bee sting tickling the soles of his feet and usually choosing to rock colourful Hawaiian board shorts to go with his lion playing shirt. A consummate traveller, he has reportedly engrossed himself in the culture of 59 different countries so far, experiences that have helped shape his easygoing yet highly effective fistball persona. While his defensive work has won him many fans, his height has also allowed him to occasionally push forward for an unexpected pinch hit at the net, casting him as a legitimate swingman within the squad. Not content with his conventional hitting techniques, the dog has also seemingly perfected the awkward back fist baseline shot when confronted with a weird bounce on his non-preferred side. A notorious social butterfly, but with the memory of a goldfish when it comes to fistball-related engagements, I'm genuinely shocked he has not made other plans for this evening. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the podcast, Eric the Dog Maddox. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Chris Milne. Uh, and Lee, thanks for having me. Um, that's hilarious. I, <laughs> I've never had such an introduction. Um, yeah. I don't think I ever will again. But, um, <laughs> I will cherish that one and play it back every night before I go to bed. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I went I went to find that uh, introduction in our old you know Facebook photos, and you were the very first one. You were actually the first ever player introduction that we wrote for the Facebook page. So, yeah, right. what a treat! Is that is that word for word what's on the page? Because I've actually never read that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty close. I had to. I took out a couple of things that are very specific to the tournament itself. But yeah, that's uh, that was the bulk of it. Fantastic. I'd say Eric probably intended to read that, but just completely forgot. <laughs> just didn't get around to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, but it, it it is an honour to be on the show and um, to come through so early on in this long and illustrious career that's going to you know span over hundreds of episodes no doubt and i've got yeah, in on yeah. yeah episode 12 pipped by bianco yeah which oh, okay but you know nick trenum i'm glad he got in before me but i'm glad patrick <laughs> thomas still hasn't been on so <laughs> no. better than him in that as well yeah <laughs> yeah he hasn't earned it yet all right let's um let's get on to the drinks Lee, do you want to do you want to start this time? What have you got today? Oh, I will. I, no more watermelon sours. I have. I uh, I haven't had one of those watermelon sours since since that night. I have in front of me. Uh, it's actually one of my favourite beers, um, which I do find very tough to drink. Um, not because it's not delicious. It's actually really. <laughs> for for those that just heard the um, the sound there, that wasn't me opening up my beer. That's. Eric, who's obviously forgotten again um, <laughs> that you open up your drink when you're presenting your drink. So, so um, I'll continue on. I find this very difficult to drink, but I but I do love the taste of it. It's a La Trappe, Ooh. Trappist Blonde. Um, it's, a, it's a really quite thick 
and um, and full tasting beer. It's uh, made in Belgium, uh, which is why I find it difficult to drink because it gives me <laughs> dark chills yeah. about, about <laughs> losing to Belgium in uh, in such a, a marathon um, and such a close game that we had with them for the the final placings in Switzerland. So, yeah, I, I enjoy it with with heavy sweats, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's my beer tonight anyway. So, uh, it's fistball related, uh, and I thought it would be fitting for tonight. Yeah. Nice. I mean, Doug, you've already opened your beer, but just want to, <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't, I couldn't sneak up behind you, Lee, but I knew I was right in your ear. So I had to, uh, crack it without you knowing. Um, I've gone for a kiss from a rose chocolate stout from the inner North brewing very weak link to fistball it was given to me by someone who used to play fistball one of the original fistroy lions players jimmy atkinson yeah, nice. mm. a, yeah mixed mixed dozen of beers that he palmed off to me i don't know he was moving house so it's either ones he didn't like or it was because it was my <laughs> birthday one of the one of the two yeah yeah a little bit of both i reckon um i'm actually going to do something different i'm gonna i'm gonna let you guys choose the beer for me, um, I have two beers, mm. and they're both from Garage Project, which I think is the th- the third episode in a row where I've gone to those guys, and they're Kiwis, so it's, I'm really not being very patriotic here. But anyway, they've got two beers here that they released around about um, New Year's, you know, rather than New Year's period, and I'm going to give a quick language warning. So the first one is called Fuck You 2020, <laughs> and this one's called fuck year 2021 <laughs> so uh <laughs> you guys can choose do we want to do we want to say goodbye to 2020 or say hello to 2021 go the fuck you 2020 yeah i think yeah. you know we've we've got um some of the original founding members of, of fistball on the show today so i think it's a time to look in the past um so let's go with the 2020 <laughs> all right and as always pouring into the glass like everyone likes to listen to Wow, it's nice to see that happen mm. for the first time. Yeah, yeah learn from that, Eric. You could do that as well. Well, I've always heard it, but I've never seen it. If you, yeah, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe if you waited to open up your beer, you'd be able to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually um, really enjoy what Bianca had to say last uh, last podcast. Uh, she pointed out she was drinking a non-alcoholic beer, mm. and they they are in Germany. They do have uh, these non-alcoholic fitness beers basically um, which I think is is a really great idea and Tommy Helberry our, our coach he got me to try one when we were in Germany and I really enjoyed it it's, it's got some real flavor to it and um, yeah no alcohol and Australia don't do it I think it's a good idea mm. to, to maybe start doing it we don't do it we have some non-alcoholic beers but they're not really the intention isn't that they're flavorsome or or fitness <laughs> beers so no one's really come up with the idea then I, I do wonder whether it's uh, a ploy by the Germans to, to make sure that this type of thing doesn't get released in Australia just to keep us oh, yeah. keep us drinking full alcohol beer and um, not being able to put together a, a, a sober enough team to come after them and then take the next world championship. <laughs> so this could be um, yeah. some, some type of plot going on in the background that we don't know about. Fist! Boy! Let's move on. Because uh, <laughs> I feel this could be a long episode. We'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, usually we do a news section here. I'm, I'm not going to 
go into too much because I don't think there is much news. But the only thing I can think of really is we have the Clemens Kronsteiner and Owen Oberkirsch medal night coming up at the end of this month. So my question was just going to be, who do you think is going to win the KK medal? Thinking back through a time that we've, we're all, all trying to forget and trying to think before that, because um, <laughs> we're, we're now thinking the 2019 season, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about this one because uh, I, mm. maybe we need to do a bit of a summary on the season. No, look, let me, let me ponder that. I think the only thing we can be sure of is that it's probably not Bryce. The poor guy just cannot seem to win a KK medal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, if he was a horse, you'd say he's due. Yeah, I did. Because yes. he has been just, you know, consistently just losing by a half head each race. So, you know, Bryce Bryce brings to mind. Um, he. Uh, I dropped out there for less than a minute and we we're talking about fistball and now we're talking about horse racing. <laughs> 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 like my internet dropped off. I, I'd say it's Bryce or, or Dobble. Uh, is always a, a consistent performer, and I think he, he always polls well. So mm. I'm going to go with either of them. Yep. Yeah, nice. I think Bryce is actually, um, I think he's the only player who has featured in every single all VFL team. So there's been, what, mm. five of those, six of those now. So he's definitely due, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we got from the news. Let's uh, let's move on to... I missed the news, sorry dropped out so what was the actual news there was no news the news was that, that there was no news and that we're going to, we're going to predict news oh, okay yeah. <laughs> just edit that just edit that bit out then <laughs> no i'm looking forward to it though yeah should be a good night Fist. Boy. we should move on to the incredibly in-depth interview of uh our guest here eric maddox um it's a bit of background, I guess, before we, we just make him talk about how he got into fistball and, and whatnot. Eric and I went to high school together in Adelaide, and Eric met Lee in Adelaide as well while working, uh, I guess, your first engineering job, Eric? Uh, it was, yeah. yeah. Actually, it was university. I, I knew of Eric at university. Yeah, he had um, much longer hair back then. <laughs> yes, that's right. Long, long hair he had at uni. <laughs> yeah. He def- for a while, there he definitely was the hairiest uh, member of the Australian football team. So it doesn't surprise me yeah. that he's he had the, he had the long flowing mullet back there. I'm pretty sure at that uni, some lecturers would have looked at him and thought he was in the wrong room because he really didn't look like he, he would have belonged to me. Yeah. yeah, wasn't wearing shoes. Yeah. I should have been doing an arts degree, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah well, I mean, we do have the story of uh, Eric and I pulling an all-nighter and then... At the seven in the morning, catching the train back from somewhere down on the coast, and Eric went straight to a lecture. <laughs> I think you fell asleep within fifteen minutes of getting there. So <laughs> I proceeded to sleep before the lecturer had even turned up. I was head down asleep, and then I got nudged to get out because <laughs> the lecture had finished. But I never actually saw saw the lecturer. Uh, anyway, Doug, tell us about. Um, obviously, we know, but tell us about. How you got into fistball? How did you uh, make your appearance at the very first fistulas? Um, So I can remember it quite well, actually. It was a phone call from a friend at the time. You guys know as well, Jimmy. And it was just like late on a Tuesday, Wednesday night saying that his, his cousin has found this sport that no one, no one else is in Australia is playing. And if we want to play, we'll be able to represent Australia. And once he told us the name of the sport, there was probably half an hour of banter and jokes about the name of the yep, sport. Standard. But yes, that was fistball. And 
yeah, from from there and the subsequent year or two that followed, with those jokes flowed and continued. But um, once we got to know the sport, and that's I think when I would have actually bred out to the likes of Lee um, to tell you about the sport, and we all got together um, at that same time. It was either can't remember specifically the first location we played, but yeah, playing with a pole and a rope and a volleyball mm-hmm. that split in within about 10 minutes <laughs> of smashing it with our fists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was in um, Royal Park, wasn't it? In... Yeah, it was. It was uh, the, the, yeah, the elevated little um, soccer pitch at, at Royal Park. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. What about after that? <laughs> <laughs> You know, me, I'm not one for rambling on, so this could be the shortest <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> We're not going to push you, TD. Just to jump in, sorry, I know this is Eric's story, but uh, I still try to recall whether it was the first one I was at or, or the second one, but the the one I was at, it had the rope and the volleyball and nobody had turned up with poles. <laughs> and I think somebody had to run off and go get some poles um, I can't. I don't know whether that was the first or the second, because obviously not being at the first, I don't know if I was at the first. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it showed how immature we were with with the fistball at the time. Um, but there was a really good turn up. Yeah, uh, I remember there being quite a few teams there already and, and enthusiastic and just yeah, no poles to play with. <laughs> yeah, I can remember those early days, and actually Bryce was on our team, and yep. James Thurlow as well. Yep. Yeah, there was a few. Those early people, Goldie, Divey McDivefist. Divey McDivefist. Yeah, and Kent. We need to get Kent on the podcast. We do. That I would... Uh, get the full story. That'll hit you know, record <laughs> highs, <laughs> especially if he's viewing audience of uh, whichever radio station it is that he's um, part of. Triple R, right? Triple R, is it? Mm. I think you should, get, you should aim to get him on the podcast. Yeah. Well, he's got a great voice. He did the... Uh, the voiceover for our Sportaroo campaign, that video where I'm working out what to do with my fists. <laughs> the one that went semi-viral. Mm, yeah, I did watch that recently. I did, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, so good. Well, your cousin did the did the editing for it, and it definitely shows it's very it's high quality. Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten that and, mm. and saw him. He was in the office. Yes. The only time he's ever worn a shirt, I think, um, <laughs> is pumping you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those early videos, um, there's the other one when we were trying to get together some funding for the Pakistan trip, the Sportaroo campaign. Well, that's the one. We did the other one to the end of... Uh, oh, sorry. The team, the national team yeah. introductions, where we're walking up the laneway in Windsor. Yeah. Sort of come, yeah. yeah, come out looking all cool and mm. ironing, ironing shirts with our fists yeah. and yeah, doing random things in between training and yeah, classic. That was a cool, um, cool video. That one. What what do people need to search for to find oh. that on YouTube? Because it's all out there. I think it's just the. That's a good question. Sportaroo campaign. I think if you looked for that, you could find it. Well, that one wasn't Sportaroo. So that one was um, that one was just a team announcement. Yeah, team. Yeah, uh, so that's probably on our. It might be on our YouTube page. Maybe I'll post something on the uh, on the Facebook page, uh, even as a, like a throwback thing. But that was pretty funny. It was to our uh, "Enter the Sandman" by Metallica. Yeah, yeah. "Enter the Sandman." Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. and made us made us look real <laughs> cool. <laughs> but you know, very very tongue in cheek. I think you were you were doing chin ups. 
with one with one arm and Leroy was eating chips. <laughs> yeah. I was on a surfboard as well for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a cool video. Fistball Australia 2014 team presentation. If you type that into YouTube, um, it pops up. Yeah, that's a classic. Back when we did a video for every single uh, thing that was happening in Fistball, <laughs> when we had the energy and the free time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they were the early days. When was that? 2014? 2014, yeah. Mm. Because 2014 was the Pakistan trip as well. Yep, yep. And the first year, okay. So I think our first Fistivus was 2013, and we played four tournaments that year. And then, yeah, we took off to Pakistan after playing for four times, basically. (laughs) I think that's enough to count as being international (laughs) athletes, and so you're ready to go. Wow. Did our time. We were terrible. <laughs> yes, we were. But we had fun, you know. We had fun. And we should have won a game, but let's not go down that road again. Mm-hmm. That's, um, yeah. <laughs> Lee opened his heart up in his interview about how much that hurt, the, uh, the loss to Nepal. Yeah. No, I don't mm. want to go down there, bring back those memories I've repressed, <laughs> playing Pakistan, playing Pakistan again in Argentina and still not getting a win. Yeah. That one hurt more. Because that one we were ready for. That one we mm. were playing pretty well, and yeah, just couldn't yeah. get it across the line. So how did how did that lead to your Australia team appearance? Talk us through the Pakistan trip. I know we were, we were all there, but yeah, talk us through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird trying to recount things, knowing who you who I'm facing, talking to, and. <laughs> don't you remember you know this story you, you just start telling it you'll just see me shaking my head you're like okay no, that's not quite right <laughs> so the pakistan trip was easily one of the highlights of my fistball career so many memories so many fond memories of that trip and i don't know it started just completely unexpectedly once we once we'd had our you know little trip in bangkok and gone to a kickboxing fight and a bit of team bonding uh, which was you know we knew that was going to happen but then uh next day we we bought a plane to to lahore and none of us knowing what's going on how we're going to get to the hotel we walk out into the arrivals hall and usman standing there with four camera crews standing next to him and we think we must have been on a on a flight with some <laughs> royalty or (laughs) someone special and yeah they're looking at us and uh, we walk out thankfully we had the foresight to put on our australia jackets and and we looked official Mm. but um and from that moment the whole five days or so we were there it it felt a little bit um starstruck the treatment that we got Mm. um the pakistani people usman pj and all the team that um put that that event together was was amazing um and where they showed showed us around lahore took us to fancy restaurants around the city and lots of dinners amazing motorcades and yeah treated us like true sporting stars that we are yeah and the president of the uh pakistan fistball association if i remember correctly was the head of the police force or police commissioner or something mm. and so he was just basically like shutting off streets for us to go down <laughs> it was... we did go i remember going up a one-way street yes the wrong direction like we just had right away <laughs> <That's right. laughs> just just motorcade going up and every other car's going the other way 
Honker. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually, um, I opened up the tour diary, the Pakistan tour diary, just earlier because I was trying to find things to ask you about. I couldn't remember whether there was anything in there that would, you know, be incriminating or whatever. But uh, there was nothing. You, you are annoyingly <laughs> clean. But what I did come across in that book is that I had actually forgotten about was when we went for that walk the first first time where we had a free day and we went just for a walk around the neighborhood to Pakistan of Lahore and uh, we went down that street and there was a whole bunch of kids that were playing foosball. I remember that. And you called me back and, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was like, what, what's he got going on down here? And, you know, we go down there and there's like, I don't know, 20 kids all gathered around a foosball table, like egging us on to play against them. And, you know, I hadn't played in a little while, but we were at one point quite good. You were still good, but I hadn't played in forever. And I was... I mean, I was terrible. And I remember these kids, like, what are they, like eight, eight years old, 10 years old, and like just mocking me. <laughs> yeah. And just like, <laughs> just like basically just, just making fun of me of how bad I was playing. Uh, they, they destroyed us. They were guns. Yeah. They were absolute guns. They were. Yeah. It, it's a great photo as well because it shows them they've got the biggest smiles on their face, these kids. Mm. They would have been so excited to, to have us in, in their playing, uh, playing foosball because we really stood out. We just looked, you know, sickly pale and um, and wearing shorts, shorts, um, and and then um, to be, you know, pulled pulled in there. And I remember at the time another guy. We were in a bazaar, which is you know really really crowded market area, and they're not just selling common uh, market items that you see in tourist areas because it's not touristy. You know, these are just selling motorbike parts and, and all sorts. And this one guy came up to us and gave us each Coca-Cola's, these crisp cold Cokes, mm. um, and refused to take any money for them. He just wanted us to, you know, to have had yeah. something from his yeah. store. So, yeah, they, you know, I've never met people that have treated us as, as good as what they did in, in Lahore. Um, they were amazing. Yeah, and I hope that we can get back over there. Not personally, but yeah, as a team, as an Australian team, get back and play and experience that sort of culture again. And obviously post-COVID times, we'll be able to do stuff like that, walk around, because we shook hundreds of people's hands, which, you know, at the moment, that's <laughs> very much not what you're... Bit of a no-go. No-go, so yeah, <laughs> take it for granted, those little things that we were able to do. It is a pity that there hasn't been another tournament, uh, Asia Championship in, in, in Pakistan. There was meant to be one, I think, the following year, but it didn't end up going ahead, but it's, yeah, it would be fantastic if there is another one put together so Usman or, or PJ if you're listening to this we uh would love there to be another tournament in Lahore so yeah post post Pakistan obviously you, you were part of the Argentina team what were the highlights from that um highlights the the low light comes up first but like because we've just talked about it um losing to Pakistan yeah yes is <laughs> <laughs> Although it was, it was also a highlight because it was the best game of his ball I can remember playing. It's so intense. It was like a forty degree day. We'd mm -hmm. been out in the heat yep. six hours or whatever it was, and we played. I don't yep. remember how many sets, but I think it went to the five sets because I remember it being grueling. Yes, but yeah, it was, it was probably the most engaged I've been in a game in in all. And all of our festivuses and, and tournaments that I've been a part of, that yep. that match against um, Pakistan in Mbolse with mm. cut up legs, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a highlight as well as a low light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember um, 
the day before when we'd lost to them in, in straight sets, we felt still like we should have actually won that game, but we just kept falling apart in that first game. And I remember we came away from that saying, oh, we need to show more intensity. We need to show more passion on the field. And so when we played them the next time, it was just like dialed up to 11. And so I just, that's what half the reason it was so exhausting because we were like, <laughs> yeah. it was 40 degrees. There was no shade where we were sitting. So we're always in the sun. Yeah. And we we're anytime we we're out there, even on the bench, we we're all like just screaming to we're like red in the face and pumping the air and using more energy with our celebrations than we were on the field. It was intense. It was. And it worked for... It was exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it worked for... We, I've run out of energy <laughs> because of the celebrations. <laughs> But yeah, no, that was a cracking game. It's just, yeah, frustrating. I mean, we were all down after that loss, for sure. It did result in my leg getting infested, <laughs> um, having to try and go to a hospital and get some antibiotics and yeah, yeah. blowing up. And But yes. You definitely weren't the only one that, uh, yeah, everyone on the on the team pretty much came out of it with um, pretty scratched-to-death legs because yeah. uh, the, the ground wasn't very forgiving. We'll just say that. <laughs> but yeah, any other highlights? Um, I should have prepared for this, but as per um, most fistball-related uh, <laughs> events, I just turn up and <laughs> hope for the best. <laughs> so I haven't been pre-thinking of anything else that happened during that trip. I can remember some fun nights out with the team, though. Mm. Yeah, it was good crack in the hotel, um, kicking mm. on, going to restaurants. Yep. Um, and enjoying the a lot of steak, yeah, a lot, a lot of steak, <laughs> big breakfasts, yep. and that big drinking hall that we would uh, go and get out with our meal tokens, and, yep. and then kick on watching random things happen up on the stage. <laughs> Good times. Do you remember the hailstorm? Oh. I completely forgot about that. Yes, yeah. I do now. That was intense. Yeah. We couldn't even get to a hotel across the road because it was that intense. <laughs> Stranded. <laughs> and it wiped out the next day's play as well. I think the um, yeah. all the courts were, or the, the fields um, had been destroyed by that. And we, we then uh, had to jam everything into, I think the last day just had so many games. I think we had to start about eight o'clock in the morning um, to, to fit all the games in. Yeah, it was crazy. What else have you got, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> Well, not, nothing that can be... Uh, everything has to be edited out. Well, do you want me to tell you more about your history in football? So you... <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously you did Pakistan and Argentina, but then um, you did also go to South Africa. I did with as well. the South Melbourne Green Demons. You, you jumped ship. I had played a game, so I did qualify. But um, <laughs> a bit controversial, but yeah, it was a bit more... I wanted to be a part of it and... I've always wanted to go to South Africa, so why not jump on the opportunity? And that trip, again, another amazing experience, meeting the Fistball family over there with Leif and his crew, welcoming us and hosting us. It was it was an, another amazing experience. And Cape Town, what a beautiful place to have hosted it. Mm. And yeah, we luckily as a team got to travel around a little bit as well. And uh, well, there is one story there that... Um, <laughs> The Gugaletu story, one of our team members was a little bit careless in the way he approached the uh, locals of Gugaletu. Gugaletu is a slum area of Cape Town, mm -hmm. so you can get a taxi out to there and there's a couple of restaurants there that will accommodate tourists because they want your money, they're happy to, to entertain you and you go there for lunch, get a big cook-up, it's basically just piles of meat on a tray 
go to the to the butcher next door, you pick your meat, they put it in a big silver bowl and then take it next door and throw it on a barbecue. They cook it all up nice. and have a big feast. But it's a heavily yeah, African slum area of South Africa. And uh, anyway, one of our players was taking photos of around the area while we were waiting for our Uber. And then one of these guys comes across and asks him to stop taking photos, please. And our <laughs> team member <laughs> says, no, fuck off. I can do what I want. And uh, yeah, that guy didn't take that too well. Started a bit of a heated discussion. The guy went off, stormed off, and we thought basically he was going off to get a gun or come back with you know his mates or something like that. We were very uneasy in where we were and just hurry, hurry up Uber. Mm. Hopefully it comes soon. When it did come, we jump in the back and the guy comes back around the corner, comes up to the to the window. And then the, this team member that will remain unnamed, but I'm sure he's listening to the podcast, will, <laughs> will know who he is, uh, puts his finger up through the window and like provokes him again. Death wish. The guy just bangs on the top of the Uber's car and, and the Uber drives off, thankfully. Doesn't stop and get out and say, what are you doing? Yeah, he saved us, got us out of there because it was turning ugly quickly. Yeah. Very, uh, very lucky to get out of that one alive. I, I remember that bar and uh, well, it's not really a bar, but restaurant with not really a restaurant either. <laughs> it's its own thing with with trestles and like Eric said, beer and, and stuff, and, and you order your meat, and it, they're very welcoming in there because they you know grow the place by having people from elsewhere in Cape Town coming in and tourists. So um, you do sort of feel fairly safe in there, but. I remember it got to just around dusk and that's when the, the vibe and the mood of the place really changed and we thought, no, it's time for us to go. It just went from being this fairly laid back thing to now we sort of started feeling as though their eyes were on us. So we left. So it wasn't a, a good feeling. I just I left in an Uber just prior to this happening so I didn't see all this go on with the uh, the unnamed person and, um, <laughs> and the others. But uh, it was was quite a tense environment outside there so this just would have you know amplified it um but yeah that trip as well um the south africa trip was one of the highlights of my fistball career because i got to receive a serve mm. from my idol mm. I... being nick trinamon <laughs> who are you guys <laughs> no not you Lee. sorry i was on your team <laughs> <laughs> just wondering if i served to you during training <laughs> <laughs> no, i got nick to um to line me up mm. in between, I think they were in between sets on one of their games against Brazil. I was like, quick, quick, can you just serve me one? I just want to see what it feels like. I just want to know. <laughs> mm. And yeah, I, I don't think he held back. He, he lined me up and served it straight down at me. And uh, I did get it back. It didn't go over the net, but uh, it didn't clean bowl me or break my arm. So yeah. I was happy with that. A very yeah. Yeah, vivid memory that I'll, that I'll cherish. <laughs> Even though I wasn't in a game or anything like that, I still can remember the moment mm. where I where I received one from Nick. It was good. Yeah, that, that sounds like a win. I mean, we tried to organize that. I think I may have mentioned it in a previous episode, but we did try to organize it while we we're in Switzerland that we could get um, just like a mini game with the Germans and just have them serve it to us a few times. But um, 
we ran out of time and it's, it's always hard when you're you're trying to get the world champions to um take time out of their reasonably intense build up to every game to you know mm. hit the ball to a few aussies that just want to feel <laughs> just want to feel some pain yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty big ask but i mean honestly the best opportunity we probably had was in argentina the very first time when we had the training day at that school and i think germany were just finishing up and uh patrick thomas was just practice serving some zingers down the line and we could have just said do you mind if we just stand in and just take some of these <laughs> that was probably our best chance but um unfortunately we didn't even think of that we also probably would would have been out injured for the rest of the tournament as well if uh... valid valid point we had not at that point played a single game so. <laughs> yeah it'd be great to do but it's so much to set up like you said mm. trying to do that in switzerland in germany have such a structured warm-up preparation that goes for about four hours before the game so you're trying to slot in there to um, have some zingers, which you can only really do when they're fully warmed up and, and ready to play. Uh, we did get to try the ball machine, and the, the ball machine was was very cool. And um, I, I see Elmar's uh, Elmar's dad, who makes all sorts of wonderful um, gadgets, has just made a, a he's made ball serving machines before, mm. but he's also just made a ball setting machine. Yeah. So um, yeah, fantastic. If we had some of those, I think that would be very helpful for us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the guy's a genius. Yeah. Elmar's dad. Oh, he has a big room of just inventions, basically. It's mm. it's like walking into Alexander Bell's <laughs> invention lab. So, yeah, I mean, Doug, if you had to choose a, a highlight so far, like what, what would be your number one highlight from your illustrious... How many how many games do you think you've played for Australia, by the way? Oh, for Australia? Um, mm-hmm. There's Pakistan, Argentina... Um, and I have played one of the Trans Tasmans one of the days because I was moving that weekend, so I missed the second day. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Something else, on. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Just made some plans. That's a difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much every Fistivus or tournament, there's something on. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, it's a funny joke, though. It's like when the Fistivus has already been planned, and it's been planned for like six months, and then you'll get an invite from Eric. Yeah. Hey, do you want to go away this weekend? And then you'll look at the date and you go, dude, that's that's Fistivus weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh. It is. <laughs> the amount of times that's happened. It's amazing. It is why I haven't played yet this new season. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had a couple of out of town the two weekends it's been on. Uh, but yeah, no, for Australia, maybe 20 games? Mm. No, not that many. Ten. Somewhere in the middle, then. Fifteen. One below. <laughs> Thirteen. <laughs> oh boy, we're going to be here all night. Uh, a little bit higher. Thirteen point five. Did I retire injured? Yes, that's correct. You played thirteen point five games okay. for Australia. Excellent. The first guy to play a decimal. Amazing. Um, but yeah, what would you say your highlight is from your career? Not just in the games, but like from the from everything you've done. With Australia, I guess. Uh, yeah, it goes back to the Pakistan. Pakistan trip was definitely the highlight from a from a playing for Australia from fistball point of view. And then you know, there's there's numerous entertaining fistivuses that are highlights in themselves. Like, mm. yeah, I can I can fondly remember the end of one of them, um, and I think it was we were meant to. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were meant to be. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> meant to be planning our trip to. I think it was Argentina, yeah. or maybe it was the Pakistan one. Uh, no, it was Argentina, I believe. I, 
I don't know because I wasn't there planning it. Um, so after the Festivus, we were meant to go to the Swan mm. and have a team catch up and organise what needed to be planned and how things were going to work, you know, visas, flights, mm. all that sort of stuff. I got a little bit waylaid or distracted with Dale. Uh, we, we had the rest of the keg in the back of, <laughs> I think it was Dale's station wagon or someone's car. And uh, me and Dale sat on the side of Swan Street finishing off the keg <laughs> while there's all this passing traffic. It's like four in the afternoon or something. <laughs> and yeah, completely missing the um, organisational side of fistball. <laughs> But yeah, my highlight is not the organisation of Fistball. Yeah. Big respect to everyone that does do that. Mal, Rolf, Milne, Jess, uh, everyone, Bryce, Rod, everyone that puts in that extra effort. It's much appreciated for the for the mugs like me that just turn up and have some fun, play a game, and then bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what you're saying, though, does remind me of... I had completely forgotten that we used to get a keg for every tournament. Yeah. Oh God, I completely forgot about that. Like, because we had a good deal with Thunder Road Brewing where they would give us free a free keg or at least, you know, a cost price. And um, someone had to go pick up a keg, pick up a bucket and pick up the ice and then go to the Fistivus and then someone had to take time setting it up, you know, setting the tap up and everything and getting it working. It was like such a, such a high priority for our Fistivus tournaments <laughs> before someone kind of went, you know what, why don't we just get cans of beer? It's probably easier. Yeah. Um, good times though. Very good times. How do you feel I, about, oh, you, you go, Luke. I, I was just going to bring up something um, from the early days now that both of, well, there's two, members of the Fistroy Lions mm. in the audience that I can talk to about this because this is a, a serious matter. <laughs> so for those listening, I don't know if it was really mentioned, but uh, Chris and Eric both represented the Fistroy Lions in the early days of, of Fistball and they've since merged with other teams. So I think they're up to four mergers now or something, but <laughs> they were part of the Fistroy Lions. And and my team was the, the Fist and the Furious, which is now the South Melbourne Green Demons. But there was a, a rivalry going on between the Fistroy Lions and the, the Fist and the Furious for the Punt Road Plate. Ah, uh, yes. And the, the Punt Road Plate, and I, I had to get some input from Jason Builders on this just to, to recall it properly, but the Punt Road Plate was a, we recall it being a, it was a wooden chip bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. In the shape of a leaf, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think it had some little little slots of dips. Um, <laughs> anyway, the first game that Fistroy Lions and, and the Fist and the Furious played, yeah. uh, it set up the, the rivalry between the two teams for the Punt Road Plate, and the Lions won. And the whole Fist and the Furious team, we got in a, in a line, we got on our hands and knees <laughs> and we crawled across half the, the length of the fistball pitch yes. to, to your standing feet and, and bowed to you uh, as a way of, of handing over the, or, or honouring you with the, with the punt row plate. Thanks, yes. for, thanks for reminding me of another highlight. That, that was one of the highlights of my career. This is, this is no highlight. Um, the punt road plate, then the rivalry about it was meant to also be exchanged in the same manner after that. And I think my calculations going back is that I think we won about the next 15 team, uh, games after that as the Fistroy Lions capitulated into uh, something that couldn't even stand up to, to offering rivalry anymore. Um, and not once, not once did we get... <laughs> The whole ceremony, uh, the tribal <laughs> ceremony of presenting the plate back to us. So 
I just wanted to, to raise it. I know there's nothing you can do about it now, mm. but that's been weighing on my mind for since 2013. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad I can just get it out. I mean, it's fair. Uh, well, yeah, we can apologise. That's about all we can do. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless we can pull Kyle and Kent and um, Goldie and Doug and I back onto the Jim. pitch and Jim. Yep. For a groveling handover of the... Do, do you still have the punt row plate? Who has the punt row plate right now? Who, who's serving dips off the punt row plate right now? <laughs> I, I actually don't know where the punt row plate is. <laughs> Which is a pity. Um, because if we could find it, I'd, I'd want that ceremony. <laughs> yeah. Probably back in an op shop somewhere. <laughs> well, there's a bunch of stuff written on it, wasn't it? There was the... And I'm pretty sure the, the back of it probably had a Johnson... Or something. <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> we're very mature. You'll need a disclaimer <laughs> at the start of this episode. <laughs> uh, it's not the worst yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was kind of hoping that would become more of a... Because um, we still had a bit of a rivalry at the start, but um, the punt row plate thing, that, that was quite an amusing little side rivalry that it would have been great if we could have kept that going. Mm. I think it's just the problem was that we went, we got really crap and you guys got really good. So we didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's, it's like the Australian team playing New Zealand. We actually still hold the Pablo the plate <laughs> and we just, we just won't set up another game for them to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's only so much groveling we want to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it should be pointed out for the listeners that don't don't obviously know the VFL history. The Fistral Alliance were once a dominant team, the ones that uh, Eric and I played for. We we made our first appearance at the first Fistivus, which we won, and then we won four of the first five Fistivai, Fistivai, if I remember correctly. And we were very strong for the first three, four years. Had a really strong rivalry with both um, South Melbourne, well. The Fist and the Furious at that point, and also Fist Club, um, we had a really strong and uh, heated rivalry with, but um, it just went by the wayside. Unfortunately, we just kept losing players, and then we weren't replacing them. We started replacing them with internationals. <laughs> we were a running joke for a little period there, where any time there was an international in Melbourne, they would be uh, playing for the Lions because the Lions would be turning up with two players and uh, trying to form a team. So I think it, it clearly shows our natural talent for the game. Without any experience or knowledge of the game, we dominated. Yeah. Um, but we had the same, you know, we had the same skill set um, as everyone else that was playing. But we dominated over those people. So I think it'll go down in history as, yeah, we are the there ultimate team, best fisters. Ultimate team, yeah. yeah, yeah. Without training. <laughs> but if you train, yeah, you can beat us for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you make any efforts to improve. Yes, of course, we're going to be left by the wayside, but <laughs> on pure natural ability, we were we were destructive. Oh, yeah. Hey, we'll go down in history. I'm making sure of that, you know. I, I hold the history books in my hand, so Fistroy will be uh, commonly referred to. And I'm actually wearing a Fistroy shirt. Nobody can see this in the uh, on the audio podcast, but I am wearing very proudly the Fistroy shirt. We'd probably also point out that the Fistroy Lions is a pun on a... Australian football team that's basically called the Fitzroy Lions. And there was a point where we were all living in that general area. Uh, none of us are anymore, I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> and true to the club, we ended up merging and dying off, just like the Fitzroy Lions. Yes, yes, exactly. Speaking of which, what is your... I'll ask both of you, really. What is your... What is your favourite jersey? Spew jersey. Oh. <laughs> of the Lions slash Lion Storm. Um, we got three choices. The original Candy Clown uniform. The uh, What did you call it before? The clap. What did you call uh, it before, Doug? The pyjamas. The pyjamas. 
Yeah, the original, uh, the uniform gone bad, uh, which we wore once. Uh, the classic Fitzroy Lions copy shirt or the 80s Gatorade parachute jacket inspired Lion Storm Uni. That one, I should explain to the, the listeners that it was like black with uh, a purple lightning bolt down the side and a lot of orange and a lot of green. Like a lot of colors that should not work together, but they're all based purely off this beautiful Gatorade jacket, which was <laughs> very retro. And we just basically sent it to the uniform suppliers and said, can you try to be inspired by this into a uniform? <laughs> I think as a, as a uniform that stands out and gets attention yes that Gatorade one would be my would be my favorite one but the one that I can actually wear every day I go for a run in and uh, go for a ride or whatever is the one you've got on now Chris which is the the one that represents the the original purpose of the club the replica of the Fitzroy Lions the Fitzroy Lions yeah yeah I think I like the I like the early grassroots you know history of of the game and and like that to be remembered um, which is you know what these podcasts are all about. So I, I think that the original one, which you just showed me before, which has got the the Melbourne Bitter style logo. Um, Melbourne Bitter is a, a beer that hasn't changed its logo in however long Australia has been around for. Um, they probably invented that on the day that Australia was founded and it's used the same logo. So it's just uh, blocky um, colours that don't match, but I like that it's just got history around it so that's my favorite yeah i mean i i have to admit i have a soft spot for the uh the lions jersey that i'm wearing at the moment i think because i have a soft spot for us winning games <laughs> they were good days we have to, we'll have to find where the punt road plate is because i'm looking at it right now mm. and it's uh yeah it's, it's it, i guess it does have a johnson <laughs> drawn on it but like it's not, i thought it did but it's not yeah it's it's subtle i would say it's got the punt road which we should point out to the listeners, Punt Road is a major road in Melbourne that pretty much joins the inner south and the inner north, which is where the two clubs were based. But then it's got a yeah, the Fist and the Furious FC and Fistroy Lions FC, two effectively defunct names. But uh, yeah, we got to fight. Of course, there's a beer next to it. <laughs> Looks like a Cooper's Extra Stout. Which mm. is oh yeah, and there's like I'm also looking at the groveling photo there. Lee, you are the actual, you are the one presenting the Punt Road plate with your head download to not make eye contact um, <laughs> with the recipient i didn't realize there was a photo of this there is i'll, I'll need a copy of this one wow yeah. and i can and jimmy jimmy is the recipient of the uh punt road plate and he is actually asking me in the photo should he accept it has the groveling been sufficient <laughs> 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 he seems reluctant <laughs> Fist. Boy. all right do we have any? Do we have any listener questions? Do, do you have any, Lee? Uh, I I do. Um, I do have a few, uh, and um, I will start with um, one of my own. Eric, you've played in all positions, actually. You're probably the, the most all rounder of the, the fistball players, and and play attack, uh, defence, and also the the very precious setter position. <laughs> Most important, most important, very precious because it holds the team together. Yes. Yeah. What what <laughs> what do you most enjoy? Uh, position I most enjoy would be the setter role because um, you do get a mix. Um, you can be doing all three really. You can be a defender. You can obviously be the setter, preferably, and then you can also be a backup attacker. So you get to cover the whole court. Yeah, that's definitely my preferred 
position, but then um, I also do enjoy the defence because that's generally when you're going to cop the the serve. Yeah, every time, and I do like that. I don't know that satisfaction of of copping one square on the forearm and it go just popping up and and landing you know, close enough to the net for a for a direct hit to be done by the setter. Just a little tap and then bang. Yeah. You know the best thing about that is, by the way, if you're doing like a really good defensive hit, is that you've got time to kind of like celebrate and like appreciate it because, you know, you've got the set and then the smash dude comes, so you can kind of, you know, give a good fist pump and turn around and just, yeah, <laughs> you've got time. If you're an attacker, you don't have time for that. The ball could be coming straight back, you know. And the extra few seconds for your arm to re- recoil after the, uh, the bruising <laughs> that it's just had yeah. after some of Bryce's serves. And power station serves uh when you cop those mm. on the full um you'd hope mm. there was a, a five minute break before the next point <laughs> uh, i do have another question just for a bit of history on this one eric used to organize a, a weekly event um or try to be weekly it was called alpha activities where there'd be each week a different event and all people that were sort of part of this group would turn up and do whatever the event was and it was all done in alphabetical order so the first week there was an event starting with the letter A, which is archery. B uh, was was bowls from memory. Um, so this is a yes or no question, Eric. Um, when it came to alpha activities for F week, is it true that you took the group fishing instead of fistball? Wow. Yes. Okay, we're on to questions now from some of our, our other listeners. Lee, what, was, was the fishing day on a Festivus day? Because that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I think it may have well been. Um, I have a listener question. This one's from a, a Jay Leon, uh, which is, if this is the person I think it is, it's quite impressive because she only gave birth uh, very recently. Um, but she's she's dedicated. She says, does your face still sting from the self-inflicted falcon in the final game against South Africa in the 2015 <laughs> World Champs? <laughs> uh, face stings, and I wondered what it was that was why it was still stinging because I'd repressed the memory of how it happened yeah. um, until now. Uh, I realised that yes, that was that was what it was, <laughs> and uh, it was captured on international TV. So uh, hard to forget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the best thing about that is that if I remember correctly, you call for the ball, but then realise you can't get to it, and so you're in the middle of kind of you're frustrated. Ah, oh, I couldn't get to it, and then it bounces up higher than you expect and just hits you in the face. <laughs> I've never actually watched a replay of the game. Adding, literally adding injury to embarrassment. It's so good. Uh, uh, I have another question here. Uh, this one's from a M. Donna, Donna Lyon. Donna, I don't, don't know how to say his name. He says... I don't know who that is, yeah. <laughs> he said... Um, it could, could be anyone. <laughs> he said, whatever happened to the phone app card game jugs uh it went massive in china that's what happened um then <laughs> you know how when you do become a multi-billionaire in china you get uh, kidnapped and moved off into the unknown <laughs> <laughs> wow um, this, is, this is this is news to me <laughs> so yes the my uh stunt double eric over in China is in a Chinese prison um, oh, right. for the rest of his days, um, all due to my um, card game. 
Jugs. It's quite a it's quite a stunt he's performing there. I think you you might need to explain what the game Jugs is because I think otherwise people might make other assumptions. <laughs> Thought this was a fistball related <laughs> podcast. Um, fistball adjacent. Jugs was a <laughs> Jugs was a, a card game created by a lonely backpacker in uh, the backwaters of Agra in a hospital. The Amit Matjagi Memorial Hospital after um, this lonely backpacker had eaten some very bad aloo gobi <laughs> and <laughs> spent a good 12 hours on a toilet without a seat um, with, yes, <laughs> we have to edit out the rest if I <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was some... You're painting a picture, it's okay. Uh, anyway, spent a week in hospital Got sick of uh, Solitaire and came up with my own card game that was called Jugs, short for the Amit Jaggi Memorial Hospital. Yeah, travelled around a bit longer after that playing this Jugs card game and many years on after having an iPhone and wanting to develop an app, I um, created Jugs the app mm. for the i iStore, whatever it's called. I've even forgotten the name of the store now. <laughs> Can you still get it? No, it's not there anymore. Oh. Too much maintainability and cost to uh, uphold a free game that no one was downloading. <laughs> Apart from about 500 people in China. It did go a bit crazy. Yeah? Yeah, then then I took it off the store because I couldn't be bothered maintaining it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Lee, do you have any other questions? I do, actually. Uh, from one of our listeners, uh, L- Lor- Lawrence. Lawrence Young. Laurie Young. Um, his question is, are the hosts of the podcast concerned with the level of hipster beers, in italics, <laughs> being consumed on a national platform, a.k.a. dark chocolate infused with espresso slash hazelnut and orange? What would Greg Hapo think about this? That's maybe more for you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like a question for Eric. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not a, <laughs> that wasn't a question for me at all. <laughs> well, yeah, Hapo would probably have words. But you know what? That's, that's, I'm okay with that. We'll have a Forex Gold on the next podcast, how's that? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that leads into the next question. Then you may want to rethink about the Forex Gold. Uh, Laurie continues to say, I'll donate $50 to the Fistful Coffers if Milne drinks a VB can next podcast. Okay. That's not very hard. I drank a lot of them when I was younger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'll take that on, Laurie, and I'll be checking the bank account. Yeah, maybe just add the BSB and account number on the uh, at the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but... So the BSB is... Oh, you know what? I'll send it separately. That's okay. This one's from... Uh, you, I think you've actually touched on this briefly, but we'll ask it anyway. This one's from a Jessie L. She says, I have a, a really bad graze on my leg, but I only have antiseptic that is a year past its expiry date. Should I still use it? Is this another yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. You can probably expand on it if you live. It seems very specific for you, but yes. I'd say yes. I'd yeah. say go for it. it okay. It's only um, proven me wrong once. <laughs> so surely the next time it'll be fine. <laughs> So yeah, what 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 is she referring to specifically? That that seems like a, a real life event that's happened to you, Eric. Uh, yeah, unless it's been edited out of the podcast and people have uh, heard this story before, I, <laughs> I did have a graze uh, from the Pakistan game or one of the games at Mbolse, the desert um, sands that we played on. Mm-hmm. And yes, after the after the match, I I can't specifically remember applying 
a year old antiseptic to it, but um, I did have a fair reaction to something that was put on it yeah. or lack of putting something on it um, and was limping around with quite a swollen leg for, for one of the days there. Yeah. I still, I just remember you spending a lot of time in the uh, the little ambulance van there getting uh, re-cleaned and re-strapped. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a few photos of that. Yes. That was my grandstand for the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Do we have anything else? We do. We certainly do. We've got uh, a couple more questions. These oh my God. come from Jason Jason Belders. You might remember him from that game that was played in the rain, um, I think around the time that Earth was created. Uh, and I don't think he's played fistball since. But no. his first question is, he's got a couple here. Question number one, Eric, which VFL team, Victorian Fistball League team, offered you the best international exposure? <laughs> Feels like a leading question, that one. <laughs> uh, that would be the Australia team. Australian team, I'd say. Uh, it's not a Victorian Fistball League team. Uh, I'll answer that one. It's, it's definitely going to be the South Melbourne Green Dens. Um, question number two. Question number two. Have you ever been stuck on Table Mountain the day before an international Fistball event? <laughs> For about four hours, yeah. Um, yeah, this was in Cape Town. And uh, that was one of our stupidest decisions <laughs> on that tournament. Yes, the day day before the um, the tournament started, we thought we'd do some sightseeing of uh, around Cape Town, and we'd obviously heard Table Mountain would be a nice place to uh, to get a bit of a view. And we went round the back um, through some gardens and walked up a walking path up to the top of Table Mountain with the plan of catching the cable car down because it was a decent hike up. It took that's an hour or two. But once we got up and all the way across to the other side of the mountain where we were going to take our 15-minute ride down the mountain, uh, weather had turned and cable car closed and no one was around. So <laughs> we had to turn around, go all the way back and head down the mountain. As a result, yeah, this five-hour hike or whatever it was, our legs the next day were quite... Uh, oh, they turned to jelly after <laughs> such a big hike. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a memorable, memorable moment of the trip. The fog was so thick up there, we could only see a few metres ahead, so we had no idea whether we were you know, close to this cable car. That's what we were trying to get to. Mm. And when we arrived there, it was like a, a scene from The Last of Us. It was this horror scene of just the cable car closed, but everything just swinging all the cable cars swinging in the wind and just creaking and, and, and croaking. Um, and and us just only being able to see a short distance ahead and realising that the only way down was down, walking down. Um, I think I know what his next question's going to be. <clears throat> you might want to ask it yourself, um, but I'll ask it. Has Table Mountain ever been involved in a mad bog story? <laughs> I thought the question was going to be, what are the facilities like on the way down from <laughs> Table Mountain? Uh, skip. What's the next question? Well, the next, um, the next one you'll skip as well. His fourth question was, have you have you ever been in a fistball-related life or death situation in a township in South Africa? I think you've covered that one well. So that leads on to the last question, which is. Uh, what is your most embarrassing moment in a tour bus in Cape Town after a third place finish? 
These questions are very specific. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm just repeating what's, what's in front of me. Uh, yeah, there was a very unfortunate um, situation, actually, because we'd finished the tournament. We'd, um, we'd finished well, third place. And uh, I suddenly was hit with a very upset stomach. And this was within five, ten minutes of leaving the tournament to go back to the hotel and celebrate but uh very very queasy halfway home in the bus i quickly turned to said j builders and asked for a plastic bag which he provided within five ten seconds but about two seconds too late uh, half got the spew into the bag and half got the spew down my leg and probably i think there was uh, I forget the name of the daughter of one of the international European reps that had come over. I think his daughter was sitting next to me, and I think she might have copped a little bit of spray as well. <laughs> so quite a an embarrassing moment. And most likely the European contingent just thought I was very drunk because we were all drinking and celebrating mm. and mm. whatnot, but I actually was violently ill that night and I couldn't celebrate. No. So I was stuck in my hotel room in a very bad way wow. for that, for the night of, uh, yeah, the end of the tournament, unfortunately, as so I didn't get to celebrate with all the Germans, Brazilians and the South Africans. I got to celebrate with the porcelain bowl. <laughs> what, what do you, do you know what set it off? Was it something you ate or? Uh, Not sure. Ate or drank the wrong water. Um, it then proceeded to go through the team and I think Albert Alfredo got the, uh, got the bug. Lee, did you get it? Yeah, it, it was more potent than coronavirus. I think it was yeah. all but Alfredo and, and Builders, who was obviously South African and may have been used to that one. But yeah, we all had it and it was, that was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the most non-fistball related podcast that you've uh, that you've had there's obviously everything's around fistball but there's no on-court fistball talk at all um, do you have a highlight on the field <laughs> uh no i'm yet to have a highlight on the field oh this is actually a good segue into my campaign that i'm about to start which is oh. uh, a hashtag dog for bnf so d-o-g for bnf never had a bnf before um so i was just gonna i was actually gonna say that i pulled up the fist of results earlier just to get the uh the fist Roy lions early results and i was looking down the bnf winners i'm like there is no eric on here at all which is ve- it's very surprising all the viewers right now are very shocked at this fact they're shocked they cannot believe it <laughs> <laughs> They're all Googling it. That you, A, remembered to turn up and then did not get votes. That's amazing. <laughs> of course, you did get enough votes in the first year to knock me out of the uh, old VFL uh, first team, if you remember correctly. Uh, uh, pipped you by one. You yeah. pipped me by one, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right after this, I'm going to uh, start my campaign. I'll, uh, I'll open a Twitter account and, a, and an Instagram and, uh, wow, get the and I'll hashtag... D-O-G-B-N-F. Maybe, maybe bring Jugs back and have it as like a background on the Jugs game. Dog for BNF. <laughs> Chinese fans will start voting for you somehow. Um, is, that, is that all the, uh, all the questions there, were? I have one more uh, new listener question oh, as well. This is, uh, this is from 
uh, Jason uh, Dirk Holm um, from the South Melbourne Green Demons. Um, this is a fistball-related question. Mm. Eric, how do you maintain such a luxurious beard? <laughs> That's a very fistball question. Um, just years and years of fistball, really. It's, uh, it's the secret to my lush beard. It's... <laughs> Playing fistful. Mm. Yeah, you must have been upset when um, when Jason Hughes came along and took the uh, the nickname Hairy Fist. You were definitely by far the hairiest for some time. Um, how did that make you feel at the time? Uh, at the time, I was unaware of it. I'm aware of it now. Uh, in retrospect, I would have been gutted. <laughs> <laughs> have you got a? Uh, you got three more questions there, Roy? Uh, no, that's actually it. I have to admit, I've called you Roy throughout this entire podcast, and I'm realizing that people probably don't know who I'm talking to. Roy is also Lee. If you got to the end, maybe get back to the start, and you understand all the times I referred to Lee. Fist! Boy! All right, well then, do, we, do you have anything else, Doug, that you want to talk about? Or? Uh, no, no. I, I, As I mentioned before, I've prepared this as well as I prepare my fistivuses <laughs> and uh, play it by ear. Just as a reminder, there is a fistivus coming up in two weeks' time, Doug. It's on a Saturday. Uh, it's also the same night as the KK Metal Night. I'll actually be there, so yeah, don't forget about that. You, you have reminded me five times, <laughs> yeah, maybe six. It's not enough. I still cannot promise anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, then let's, let's close up shop then and... Um, and do some shout outs does uh, anyone want to start with their shout outs lee do you want to start yeah uh just a couple of shout outs firstly to uh to benny hmm. who's over over in kagurli i'm not sure if he's been mentioned before on the the show before i, I think malcolm hmm. um sort of <laughs> overlooks him sometimes so on malcolm's behalf i'll mention benny uh the other one is is one of our our listeners dale uh, in mm. Ireland, he is a, a previous South Melbourne Green Demon player. Um, he's over in Ireland. Uh, I was chatting with him just earlier, uh, a couple of days ago, and in Argentina, I swapped jerseys with one of the Chilean players, and it didn't fit me too well, so I, I gave that one to Dale. And Dale tells me that he wears it running uh, while he's in Ireland, so that's his his running top. He calls it the chili top because it's chilly in Ireland and it's also a, a Chilean top and he um he tells me that must be very proud of himself he, he tells me no one laughs at that joke so this is um this is this is Dale's Dale's joke that I want to share out to the fist world community because I think it's hilarious so I think I'll, I want to give him credit for that one it's it's a it's a great joke and I think Surely the fistball community will, will get that one and appreciate it. So shout out to Dale. If only we could measure laughs, you know, from, from podcast listeners <laughs> at that exact moment. A true dad joke. Eric, do you have any shout out? Um, yeah, I've got some shout outs. I'll go, I'll go back to um, a shout out for um, Guzman, PJ and the, and the organisers of that mm. Pakistan tournament because mm-hmm. um, that's something that, yeah, as I said, highlight of of the fistball career that i've had and yeah i, I guess um even though it's been quite a few years um still a bit of respect for those guys that was an amazing tournament and mm. memories that'll last forever so shout out to those guys if they're yeah. listening sometimes i think back to that opening ceremony and it still to me feels surreal like it didn't actually happen 
Like, mm. I think it, 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 was, it helped that it was at night, so you couldn't totally see... It didn't have any depth perception past what was immediately in front of you and, you know, the the fireworks and the balloons being let off and the music the playing. The hundreds just... of screaming teenage girls. Yes. <laughs> what? I know. And then, they just, and then they disappeared like that. It was so bizarre. There was probably only 20 of them, but it felt like hundreds of times. <laughs> An incredible use of mirrors, perhaps, you know, just to yeah. uh, extend the crowd. Just mentioning PJ um, there, though, I've never seen anyone so immaculately dressed in a suit. He he told me that he got those suits from the UK. Um, if I could come just a fraction, fractionally close to the way he presented himself, I'd be happy. He was a classy man, very classy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have another shout out, actually. Um, I caught up with one of the old uh, Fistroy Lions players, one of the originals, mm. Divey McDive Fist, um, Andrew Gold. So caught up with him uh, during the week and we want to give him a big shout out because he is actually the first recipient of uh, an award that would then become the best in Fistus. Um, so at the first Fistus, he got MVP and, and never got a mug. So I'll give him a shout out. And we should give him a mug. We should. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. He was he was on my he was on my list of shoutouts for sure. That's why I didn't want to go first and want to take your shoutouts. But <laughs> you know, another <laughs> another lion. But yeah, no, absolutely. He massive shout out for me as well to Goldie to Davy McDivefist, one of the the better nicknames as well. Just because we didn't know what else to call him. But he was also I remember at the first fist of his, he was the only guy diving for the ball, and it was. Yeah. We were watching I think him. He's the only one since as well. Huh? <laughs> well, build, builders, build, Jason Builders definitely was a dive diver. Um, but uh, yeah, at the time, I remember all of us just looking at Goldie, just going, "How is he even doing that? Why is he doing that? <laughs> it's impressive." <laughs> <laughs> he would actually dive even when it came straight. Yeah, to absolutely. <laughs> He'd hit it and then just fall on the ground. <laughs> that was one of the beautiful, beautiful things about Goldie is that he would make so many movements before the ball got to him to do a pretty basic hit. <laughs> it was so spectacular. <laughs> um, do you have any more shout-outs? Or? Uh, oh, there's one more I can throw in just because I know he'll be listening. He listens to every podcast. Uh, big fan, big fan. That's uh, Michael Finos. He's uh, a huge fan of fistball. Always has been. He loves fistball. Absolutely loves it. Always supportive. <laughs> yeah, James Geddes and Michael Finos, the two of them. Big shout out for being long-time supporters, always believing in us um, in the sport that we truly <laughs> love and giving us the respect. Never, never once taking the time to mock us. They were just, they were just no, true supporters. Always supported us. Always supported us. <laughs> but you know what, Mike? Um, I spoke to Bianca. When we spoke to Bianca in the last podcast, I was saying that someone was going to help me teach some fistball to some PE teachers, and that's actually Mike Finos. So Mike has oh. um, said that he's, he's keen to help try to get that into a few PE teachers' minds. So, oh, there you um, go. Yeah, he's coming on board. I mean, I mean, he's always been on board, obviously. He's always loved it. So. Yeah, yeah. It's a deserved <laughs> shout-out then. Uh, <laughs> it was a piss take until now. <laughs> so for my shout-outs, I'm also keeping it close to home. I am going to give a shout-out to Jimmy the Coburg Sledgehammer Atkinson because he is the only person who went on that Pakistan trip who has not yet been on the podcast. Now that you've been here, dog, and and um, mm. and me and and Rolf and obviously um, Rich, 
and that's it right that's all of us so yeah um and absolutely no way is he listening to this podcast but i'm giving him a shout out anyway because he doesn't even like to talk about fistball anymore (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure what happened (laughs) well maybe you could get him on the show to not talk about fistball like tonight's episode yeah basically (laughs) and my other shout out just because i want to keep it within the fistro alliance lionstorm group i'll give a shout out to ash ash the astronaut bishop he did play for Fistro Lions in a Lions jersey that was way too tight for him. And, I mean, he's a pretty big man. <laughs> he's a big man, but I think he was wearing a shirt that was someone else's and he was just squeezing into it. <laughs> you know. I think he had goldies. <laughs> uh, so I'll give a shout out to him. Uh, I'll obviously see him at the end of this month. And also an extra shout out for him just because uh, when the uh, lockdown all happened, I actually ordered some beer from Moondog, but I couldn't get it delivered here because they're only delivering locally so i got delivered to ash's house <laughs> told him uh that it was coming and so he's been sitting on a case of beer for me for uh almost a year now so <laughs> looking mm. looking forward to getting i might go visit him tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to getting my hands on it uh maybe in, uh, in two weeks time so thanks for that ash i'm i'm sure he's probably he's probably drunk at all and then refilled it with uh, some other liquid, so <laughs> very creatively. <laughs> um, so yeah, shout out to him. All right, well then, should we do a should we do an uru and a and a fist on? I guess there's unless we got anything else to to wax lyrical about. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, doing the the Malcolm Don Don Lion huru tonight. So um, yeah, let's. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Eric. Thank you for coming on. We do appreciate it. It was uh, a little bit last second, but we definitely appreciate you coming on. One of the original Lions, the greatest VFL team that the VFL has ever seen. Um, and, you know, it's nice of you to, to come on and grace us with your presence. Uh, thank you very much for having me. And um, thanks for organising it on a Sunday at uh, 10 o'clock at night. It's the one time I generally <laughs> don't organise something, so I was able to make it. Um, but, yes, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> And thank you, Roy, for stepping in as co-host. No, I really enjoyed it. That was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, Malcolm, if you, uh, yeah, keep yourself busy and, um, yeah, keep having keep having lots of kids, then I get more opportunities to do this. So, yeah, <laughs> keep at it. All right. Well, let's do our Uru and Fist On. Sounds great. Master. Uru, Fist On. Uru, Fist On. Uru, Fist On. See you, dudes. <laughs> fist. fist.